to carry on the podcast of Eastern Lutheran Church where the pastors get together and talk about what's coming up in worship. I'm Pastor Steve and I'm here with... Hey, it's Pastor Megan. And guess what? If you're listening to this and it sounds a little different, it's because it is. Everything's different, my Everything friends. Everything ah, is ah. different. For the first time ever mm-hmm. in Pastor Megan Torgerson's time at Eastern Lutheran Church... We are sitting across an actual table from each other, looking at each other, not on a Zoom screen. It's 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 pretty momentous. I am occasion. I am looking at Pastor C's actual real face. Uh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, it's 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 weird. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, not that it's bad. Don't get me wrong. It's we were just talking before we started recording. It's things like, you know, on Zoom, when you point at someone to give them the, the heads up, like, hey, I want you to take this topic. They don't know who's yeah. being pointed at. You're pointing at a screen. <laughs> Nobody knows. It's so strange. We've never actually been able to look into each other's eyes because when you're looking at the person on Zoom, you're off screen. It's so weird. It's we got to so get readjusted weird. to being in person. Yeah, we're Ooh. getting there, though. And I think well, it's it's exciting for me to see these kinds of signs of getting into what the new reality is, right? Like, I don't think we ever assumed we would be doing everything on Zoom for forever. And so to be able to stop doing a few things on Zoom here and there, hey, kind of exciting, <laughs> kind of a relief. Uh, it's it's really it's really thrilling, folks. I'm not going to lie. So what, uh, a, what a great transition. Yeah. Into what we're talking about right. this week because we're continuing our series yes. called Renewing Worship. Yeah. Because things are changing again and hopefully changing for the better. Right. So again, and, uh, real quickly, Pastor Megan, since you're the mastermind of this series, mm. what is the idea behind renewing worship in this series. Right. So we have been worshiping in some uh, non-standard ways for uh, over a year now, and we're working our way back into returning to worship in the way that is more familiar to us, but also recognizing that that we've been changed. Our mm-hmm. church has been changed. The world has changed in all some good and some less good ways. Our awareness is different. And so I'm really hesitant to say, let's get back to worship or let's get back to normal because I don't think there's any going back to. I think there's going into this new thing that God is creating among us. So when we're thinking about worship and what it looks like now, I think we're considering some of the things that we miss, that we love, that we want to get back, but also some of the things that we've been doing differently that have been meaningful for us, paying attention to where God might be leading us as a worshiping community. So when we're talking about renewing worship. We're talking about renewing the way that we engage with it. The things we even do in worship, maybe doing new things, taking things out, changing the ways we used to do them, but also understanding that we are also renewed in the act of worship, that worship renews us. And so bringing a fresh awareness and energy to it so that when we come into worship, we are we are ready and prepared and expecting that act of renewal. So when we're talking about these different elements from week to week here in our our podcast and in our sermon, we're talking about individual parts of worship, ways they've been used, ways that we might use them, ways that we might re-envision them, the ways that they renew us and the ways we might renew them in the context of our worship experience. So we've we've only had a couple passes at it, right? We're just yeah. starting this. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the ways that we continue to consider and reconsider yeah. what worship is and means and does. Yeah. We had a, it was a great week here in our 
podcast realm because we actually had a listener listen, email. Listener feedback? A listener feedback. And, what? And we have had a history. We really haven't, haven't talked about it much in the last year or so because, you know, COVID and mm. we're just kind of trying to survive. But we have have a history of, of uh, reaching out to listeners and saying, hey, if you have a question, uh, shoot us an email. If you've got feedback on the podcast or a question that the, the podcast elicited for you, we'd love to hear from you. And we had one this week. Yeah. And uh, there was a question from one of our listeners about um, our podcast last week about whether or not um, we were focusing in too much on liturgical elements yeah. and forgetting that we have multiple styles of worship. But I think, Pastor Megan, I think your sermon was addressed that head on. I think the podcast, maybe we weren't quite. We, we geeked out open. a little bit on the liturgical act of confession yeah, and forgiveness. And that I will confess and ask for forgiveness. It's fair. Um, because I, so rarely do we talk directly at, at an element like confession and forgiveness. Yeah. And, and for that matter, so rarely do we talk directly at any individual element of what we do in worship and why we do it. That, that for me, at least, uh, because of who I am and what I do, it's real easy to zero in too close and too focused and say, ah, here's what that's about and here's what's going on. Um, so, so that was a good reminder. That email was a good reminder to me to say, yeah, I mean, let's talk about the individual element, but let's also make sure we're keeping that focus a little more open and wide yeah. and saying not just what this is and what it's about, but also what does it mean for us? What might it mean for us in the future? How might we use it or not? Especially considering that that here at Easter, we have a couple of different styles of worship. In fact, right now, since we still have online worship, technically we have three really distinct worship styles. And, and the way that something like confession and forgiveness might get used in any of those different styles could be really different or even make no sense at all. So I, I hope you all hear, listeners, that as we address an individual element, we, we do so holding the fact that we have a lot of different styles of worship here and a lot of different people who come from a lot of different traditions into any one of these styles in worship. And, and frankly, I think that's awesome. I think it's just beautiful mm -hmm. to be able to talk about the dynamic expression of worship uh, in the ELCA as a whole, and in particular in this congregation, and for that matter, really around the world. I mean, if you're going to go worship with our friends in, in Guatemala or in Tanzania, you're going to experience a different style of worship, and yet it's going to have some familiar elements. Mm -hmm. You're just going to hear and see them used in, in different and new and, and unique ways, and that is exactly as it should be. Yeah. So so I hope you hear, folks, that we're we're holding those things sometimes a bit loosely, but holding them nonetheless as yeah. we're talking about all these pieces of worship. And we're opening up our mind and openness mm. to the Spirit to see what might worship look like yeah. in, in our new normal, because we know it's not going to be the way it was before, and, right. and that's beautiful. But and for me, the email really elicited some ideas about um, going back to the first sermon, because I, I had the task of, of mm. launching the series, and, you know, when you're preaching a topic like what is worship and why do we do it, it's so massive right. that I took the angle in that particular sermon to just geek out over the psalm itself and right. have a lot of fun with it. Right. Because I've taught about worship many times. But, it, but again, this email brought me back to 
realizing that we do need to name a very essential truth about worship. And uh, the ELCA.org, if you click on their worship page, uh, says it very succinctly, um, but it's not exclusively an ELCA thing. I think it's just a truth, a truism about worship, that there's really only four things that need to be present in worship. Uh, and, and I will address this a little bit in the sermon, that worship has, a, I like to think of it as there's a horizontal aspect to it where we are gathered as a body and we are sent into the world. So gathered and sent, those are two things. And then there's vertical axis. axis, axis. You got there, you got there. <laughs> I got there. Of word and sacrament. Mm. And you can't see me, but I'm reaching up and pulling down from word, the word of God, and then I'm reaching down and pulling up from sacrament because sacrament is the, the, the simple elements of bread, wine, and water combined with the Word of God is this presence of God in worship. And so it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And that's all that really matters. The how you gather around Word and Sacrament and then are sent into the world is far less important. And there's so many ways to do that. And that's one of the things that we love about Easter is that we have two distinct ways, as Pastor Megan said. But today, and this week, we're going to focus in on a very specific element. Yes. So I'm, I'm transitioning into the topic Transition. of this week. We're looking at Scripture, particularly. Yes. So one of the ways that we encounter the Word of God is through the reading of Scripture. Now, I'm very, very intentionally saying one of the ways we encounter the Word of God, because I am of the theological persuasion that the Word of God is not equal to and limited to the Scripture. The Word of God is spoken always. Mm. As uh, one of my professors, uh, Pat Kiefer, said, God is all, well, Luther said this, God is always speaking in everything. The question is, are we listening? Right. But that's another sermon. And right. Another topic. Yeah, that's a, different, a, whole that's a whole different series, series yeah, I think. Yeah. How, to, how to encounter the Word of God. Right. But particularly the Word of God is present in the Scripture. Mm -hmm. And so uh, let's start with uh, the basic text for this week, and then we'll talk about, like, what is Scripture and why do we, why are we centered on Scripture? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. Pastor Megan, mm -hmm. would you read our passage, Joshua 1, 1 through 9? Right. a little context. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, just a second of context. Uh, the book of Joshua comes right after the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, which are really about kind of setting the groundwork for who God is, who God's people are, what their relationship is, and how they get known in the world. So real basic. Previous to the story of Joshua, what's been going on is God's people have been freed. They were enslaved by Egypt, and God has freed them. They have crossed the Red Sea into the wilderness. They have gone, oh my gosh, this is awful. We'd rather be in Egypt. Yes, we were enslaved, but at least there was food. Um, God does incredible things for them to make sure they're provided for. Uh, but through a series of, um, shall we say, unfaithful actions, God has said, yeah, you're going to wander in the wilderness for a minute, um, 40 years to be precise. So they've been wandering. They have come to the edge of the promised land. They are about to enter this land that God has promised to them. And here we have Joshua 1. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, My servant Moses is dead. Now proceed to cross the Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the Israelites. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I promised to Moses. 
from the wilderness and the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea in the west shall be your territory. No one shall be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall put this people in possession of the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall be successful. I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, thank you for that reading. Ooh, powerful stuff. There's, it's, it's a big passage, mm. and we could get really distracted by the beautiful context and the horrifying context of Joshua, but the, the topic of this is Scripture. Yes. And so I'd like to zo- zone in on, uh, zoom in on mm. verse 8 and ask you a question, Pastor Mayer. Yes. When, so this is the voice of Yahweh, the voice of yes. the Lord speaking yes. directly to Joshua. When God says... This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Mm. That's kind of a weird thing to say in our culture. Yeah. What do you think that means? Yeah, I I think in some ways God is speaking um, sort of metaphorically. God is not saying that like the only words you can say are scriptural quotes, right? You must speak in nonsensical scripture quotes. Um, God is saying that this has to be such a part of your life. The the law, as it was given to Moses, as is the way that guides God's people and, and, and helps them understand who they are and who they're meant to be in the world. That should be so much a part of your life. It's always on your mind. It's always part of what you're talking about. It's part of the very way you live day to day, minute to minute. It's not something you're just encountering for a period of time, now and then, once a week, maybe twice a week if you're lucky. Uh, you know, you, you come, you talk about the law, and then you go on with your life and pretend that you never got a, a hold of it earlier that day. Um, but that it's always going to be a part of everything mm-hmm. you're saying and doing and thinking and the way that you're interacting with each other. So it's, it's kind of a challenge, right? It's kind of a, this is going to be so important to you that no matter what you're saying, no matter who you're talking to, it's going to be right there. The word of the law is going to be right there with you. Um, so that's fact, kind of how I feel it. Yeah, the fact that it doesn't depart from your mouth. Because mm. when I hear that, depart from your mouth means it, it almost sounds like it's don't speak about it. But that's the oh, opposite. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, it's that, that the book of the law will be always present always in present, your words. Yeah. You can't see folks, but I'm like pointing at my <laughs> cheeks. At yeah. Like I'm a squirrel that is, yeah. that is so full with yeah. God's word that it's always going to be something I'm chewing on. Yes, and that's beautiful. And it goes to the metaphor. It says, you shall meditate on it day and night. So that's mm-hmm. a parallelism, right? It shall right. not depart from your right. mouth. You meditate on it. Right. And that word, I, I love this word because it's such a graphic image. The word meditate literally means to growl, to grumble. And it has this image of a cow chewing the cud. 
Yeah. Yeah. We, even the word itself, like, like it's just like yeah. a chewy word. So, you know, a cow goes <laughs> out there and, and eats up the grass and then the seven stomachs as it goes through. And I'm not a farmer, but if you grew up on a dairy farm, <laughs> you can imagine a cow. I mean, I have seen a cow sitting there just chewing the cud. They just plop down mm-hmm. and they just slowly chew that cud over and over. That's the idea of how we should uh, deal with scripture Think about it. It's always present. So, Pastor Megan, I'm going to hit you with a, a big, big question. Ooh. Uh, what is your elevator speech for this? So, for those of you who don't know, an elevator speech is, imagine you're in an elevator and you have the amount of time it takes to go from one floor to another. And somebody asks you, so what, what do you do? Your elevator speech would be how you summarize who you are in that amount of time. So, your, what is your elevator speech for this question? What is the Bible and why should I care? The Bible is God's word. And as we said earlier, we know that God's word is present in lots of things, but we know for sure it is present in the Bible. We know for sure it is present in scripture. And so when we spend our time centered in the Bible, in God's word there, we are more able to see and hear God's word active in in worship in the world around us and be a part of it and identify it and know that we are continuing to live our lives centered in who God is and what God wants for us and for our neighbors and for our community. So, ding, ding that's it. Doors open, done. <laughs> right? And so that's Good. why we that's read great. scripture and worship, because there's lots of places we know we can encounter God, but we know we can encounter God in the Bible, and we know we come into worship to be in contact with mm-hmm. this God who is holy and other than us. So of all the places in the world that we might see and hear and know God, in scripture, in worship, we know for sure. And so when we're coming in regular contact with that, mm-hmm. we're getting what we need. We're getting the information, the context, the reminder, the challenge, the comfort of God's word in this place mm-hmm. so that we can go back out. So we can get to the end of the service and be sent out into God's world to do what it is that God has for us. That's right. So as the faith formation pastor at Easter, yes. I, I need to take a bully pulpit here for a second. I, I wish you would. <laughs> Because we're talking specifically in this sermon about why we read scripture Mm. in worship. And and let me say this. I I hope listeners you'll hear this. We read scripture in worship as a symbolic reminder that the word of God is central to our lives. And so here is my challenge to you. there, There is an assumption in the reading of scripture that you know scripture well as you come to it. Because we only read one little tiny snippet of a massive collection of documents. And if you don't know the context of that snippet, you're either going to misinterpret it grossly and dangerously, or you're going to be completely lost, and it's going to just wash over you with no impact. So my point here is this. We are called to know scripture well. This is what Joshua is telling us. How how much is God's word in scripture a part of your daily life? Like, do not let it depart from your mouth. That is why we do this podcast every week. That is why we produce the Grow Guide every week. That is why we teach classes on the Bible so that you can do deep dives, so that you can understand. There's so... I don't want to make the Bible intimidating, but I also don't want to undersell it. Like, there's a massive amount of context 
It's, it's an ancient text. And, and the more you know the context, and the more you know, that's why we preach from the narrative lectionary, so that you know the actual arc of the story from creation to the coming of Christ, to the launching of the church, to the ongoing story that we are in. This is all part of being in God's word because God's word is ongoing. And scripture gives us this window into a particular time and place when God is interacting with a particular people. And if we don't understand that context, scripture is, is just not going to speak to us. And so we read scripture and worship to be reminded that we are a people centered on the book because it is our shared story. And it's actually a shared story with Jews and Muslims as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we are people of the book. Um, but, but if that is the only diet, if you get a reading of scripture and a 15-minute sermon a week and that's it, you're, you're kind of on a starvation diet. <laughs> so yeah. I hope the, you dive a little deeper. <laughs> the more you know, the more you know, yeah. right? Like yeah. the, it's any point of contact with scripture, any opportunity you have to, to read it, to think about it, to pray on it, to, to find ways to, to further reflect on it, uh, a, a daily devotional, um, a, a, a podcast that talks about scriptural issues, a friend who will challenge you to, to read the book of Genesis, Genesis together, whatever it is. Anytime you're learning more about the Bible, the more you learn, the more you learn. Yeah. And it's and it's always worth it. And um, I'm going to go out on a limb here, Pastor Steve, and say that if you read something and go, what the heck did I just read? Uh, we as your pastors very much welcome those emails. You go very ahead. Much. You go ahead and hit <laughs> us with that. And the, the worst that we can say is, I'm not sure. Let's learn it together. Oh, well, that would make my heart happy. Oh, I love it. Because of all the things in the whole world that I could talk about forever it would be understanding who god is through the study of scripture mm, amen. so and and we can't keep talking about it because we've come to the end of our time it's true but i'm looking forward to this week's uh uh sermon and yeah. worship together yeah. so thank you for listening to our podcast here at eastern lutheran church where our mission is to grow in faith and carry, carry on. on the work of jesus christ